Hey everybody, it's Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show. And before we get to this next video, I just wanted to tell you that if you are looking for a way to make some money, to get, get yourself into the green, get out of the red, hook up with me. It, it's very, very, very simple. Just go to attaboy.com, A-T-A-B-O-Y.com, and I will show you how to make some money with a low investment. And it's something I'm doing myself. It's not something I'm just hawking. So do it today. Hyperfund is the is the place. And uh, again, attaboy.com. Uh, you can watch a little video that I've put together for you. You can watch some other videos there, and you can learn for yourself how to get yourself some cash. So let's do it, okay? All right, here's the video you actually came to see. L.A. Guns with Electric Gypsy. And uh, Chris is going to enlighten us with some L.A. Guns news with uh, Steve Riley and Kelly Nichols uh, with a lawsuit with uh, Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns. That's right. Well, they've they've reached an agreement, Tracy and Phil, at, with uh, Steve Riley over the rights to the L.A. Guns name. Well, you know, I know that uh, when I first got to know both Steve and Tracy, mm -hmm. they they had, um, you know, kind of reconvened as uh, L.A. Guns with um, what was that guy's name? The guy from the Aerosmith tribute band. Chris Van Dahl. Yeah, Chris Van Dahl. Uh, and then they got Ralph Sains, who who obviously went on to, you know, pretty good success with uh, Steel Panther. Right. Uh, they were touring around with the Rock Never Stops tour. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when I got to know them a little bit. And they played at, I, I think the first time that I really kind of got to know them pretty good was when they were playing at Ron's Crossroads. Right. And then they played up at the Cove up in Geneva on the lake. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I got to know Tracy a little bit and Steve. And Steve has always been really especially friendly. Sure. Uh, I know that you uh, interviewed Steve, what, like a couple months ago? A few months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's just really friendly to me. And Steve, Steve is like one of the nicest people in the music uh, business that I personally have gotten to know. Right. And he's always treated me really well for whatever reason. I mean, this, this guy didn't know me from Adam, sure, but he's always been very, very kind to me. Mm. Al always good words, always friendly, always accommodating, you know, and again, I know Tracy a little bit too. And, you know, he's been friendly to me, too. He's been on the show a few times. I, I, I enjoyed that uh, project that he did was the League of Gentlemen. Yeah, Distinguished and, League of Gentlemen. Yeah, the, I like that tunes because they did all these, like, old 60s and 70s covers. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've run, I've come across Tracy on numerous occasions over the last 25 years. Right. And he's always been really nice to me as well. And, and. All these guys have been very kind, very kind. Okay. So, so I don't have a side to pick, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to pick a side. And of course, Phil, one of my favorite stories with Phil, uh, LA guns with Phil without Tracy, what was playing here locally at a, what was it? A JC's fest is what they called it. 
Okay. And it was it was just sort of like a makeshift uh, concert thing out basically in a parking lot. And and this JC's Fest uh, formed a stage basically out of two flatbed trailers. <laughs> and they pulled them side by side. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a, out in a parking lot. They called it a beer garden. Okay. And our good friend Jim Bob and I. Yeah went out to this thing and, and we were just kind of hanging out and we were just kind of watching the show and tra- and Phil recognized me because, you know, I have a little bit of history with them and he kind of waved us up to come up on the side of the stage, which they sort of had, I don't, I don't even remember what it was. It was kind of like a little shed type thing. Okay. And he comes off the stage like during, um, um, what was her, um, what was her guitarist name? Uh, Stacy Blades. Yeah, Stacy Blades. While Stacy was playing a, a solo, uh, right. Phil, Phil comes over to the side of the stage where we're just got me and Jim Bobber hanging out, and he breaks open this bottle of wine and gives us both a glass, and he pours us both a good pour of wine, right? And, and like, and and just kind of cheers both of us. Nice. And he's just like. I'm glad you guys are here tonight. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> Which was really, it was just like, we're just a couple of dudes just hanging out. And not that, not that Phil Lewis is like some, you know, he's not like Robert Plant or something. Right. But but he's just, he was just really nice to us, you know, just for no reason. It's just like, yeah, I know you guys, you're, you're cool. You're cool with me. You know, I, here, here's a glass of wine, you know, and he was just like very cool. And he's been on the show a few times mm-hmm. and Steve has been on the show and Tracy's been on the show and, you know, Kelly Nichols, I interviewed him a few months back mm-hmm. and all of them have been very cool. So, yeah. so I don't have any dog in the race. No. And, and I don't know where the story is going. I mean, obviously, I know that there was like some, you know, uh, lawsuit between Steve Riley and Tracy Guns because when they reconvened as LA Guns, I think it was 98 mm-hmm. that they got back together. Uh, Steve owned 50% and uh, Tracy owned 50%. Right. And Tracy you know, basically left the band in 2002 to go play with Nikki six. And, uh, you know, Phil and Steve went on as LA guns without Tracy for a lot of years. And then, um, you know, that kind of ran its course and then, uh, Phil kind of jumped ship and kind of teamed up with Tracy and carried on the LA guns name kind of leaving Steve Riley out in the cold, more or less. Right. You know, so, so then Steve came back and said, Hey, I own 50% of the name. I can play under this name. But then he, he recruited, uh, Kelly Nichols mm-hmm. to play with him. So is the Steve Riley with Kelly Nichols on board any more legitimate than Tracy guns and Bill Lewis on board? Uh, and, and they released an album. Yeah. Are, are, is that any more valid? Yeah. Well, again, it's a discussion we've had here on the show a million times mm-hmm. when it comes down to bands. What people remember is the vocalist and the guitarist. Mm-hmm. And that's what 
Phil and Tracy have going on for them. Obviously, Phil being the vocalist and Tracy being the guitarist. And those are the two most memorable people when it comes to most any band. Right. So that's where we're at. Yeah. Well, that's well. And, and they wanted it solved. They didn't want, they, the, the Tracy Phil lineup did not want the Riley lineup being LA guns anymore. That's ultimately what this case was. About. And and the thing is, is it dilutes their value in the, in the concert market. True. And, and that's what the problem is. It's just like, well, if you're out there as LA guns and we're out there as, as LA guns, whatever LA guns draws, mm-hmm. whether it's five or eight or $10,000 for a show, right. you're, you're diluting our profitability in the marketplace as out there touring under the same name. So what's the conclusion, Chris Aiken? All right. Well, here we go. A settlement has been reached between the various members of the classic LA Guns lineup over the rights to the band's name. In January 2020, LA Guns guitarist Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis filed a complaint in California District of Court against their longtime former bandmate drummer Steve Riley. Joining Riley as defendants in the case were three musicians, including classic era LA Guns bassist Kelly Nichols. And um, I'm not going to read everything here, but also Kurt Froelich and Scott Griffin were the, were the other two that were named. Okay. Um, let's see. The complaint, which requested a trial by jury, alleged that Riley's version of L.A. Guns referred to in the case docket as the infringing L.A. Guns was creating unfair competition through its unauthorized usage of the L.A. Guns trademark. In addition, Guns and Lewis were seeking relief from and or false advertising breach of contract and unauthorized usage of their likenesses. All right. Well, just going back to what I know about the history here. Mm -hmm. After Phil decided he was not going to perform with Steve Riley anymore. Mm -hmm. Steve Riley, in essence, went into retirement. Right. And he and uh, Phil and Tracy went on to be L.A. Guns. Mm-hmm. And they released two records under the L.A. Guns name. Right. But then when they breached their contract or their agreement at M3 because of a dispute with their time slot, mm-hmm. uh, the promoter for M3 contacted Steve Riley and Steve put together a lineup, including Kelly Nichols, who's an original, you know, mm-hmm. most popular lineup of LA guns, right. And put together a lineup of LA guns. And then they performed at the following years M three. Right. At least that's what I understand. Oh, that's correct. Okay. So then that lineup with Steve Riley and Kelly Nichols and whoever else they hired on Kurt Froelich from, um, what he was like in one of the fake, um, faster pussycats. Yeah, I think so. And then Scott Griffin, who was also in one of the lineups of LA guns. Correct. They put together a record. Mm-hmm. What was it called renegade renegades renegades. Yeah. So they put out a record under the LA guns name. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, Steve and, and Phil had already put out a couple records under the Yelling Guns name. What, The Missing Piece? Missing Piece, um, Devil You Know, and then a live album. Right. Yeah, there's live in Milan or something. And, and believe me, The Missing Piece and The Devil You Know, both really good records. I'm going to be fair. The Renegades record, not bad. Yeah, not bad, but it, it's it's just... Just, not LA guns. <laughs> just a rung lower than LA guns, but the missing piece and the devil, you know, mm-hmm. fits right in with the, you know, the classic LA guns catalog. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. All right. So on Friday, April the 23rd, attorneys representing guns, Lewis and Riley issued the following statement recording the out of court resolution of the issue. Plaintiffs Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis and defendants Steve Riley, Kelly Nichols, Kurt Froelich, and Scott Griffin have agreed to settle the trademark litigation currently pending in the U.S. District Court in the Central District of California. Under the terms of the settlement agreement, the parties have agreed to dismiss the pending lawsuit. Mr. Guns and Mr. Lewis will continue to operate under the L.A. Guns trademark, while Mr. Riley and his bandmates will now operate under the new name, Riley's Bobby, 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 Bobby Blotzer's experience. No, Riley's LA guns. <laughs> All right. With a new logo. Well, this is, this, this goes back to the whole great white, uh, thing with the Jack Russell's great white. Mm-hmm. Same exact shit. Yeah. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Riley's LA guns. Ugh. Again, who who's gonna go see that? I don't know. See, don't see, know. see again. That that name means everything, right? And, and that goes back to our good friend Bob Nalbandian with his uh, documentary for Cleopatra, mm-hmm. with uh, the band versus brand. Right. That's everything. The name means everything. Right. And 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 uh, unfortunately, well. You know, regardless of whose side you're on, Steve loses. Yeah. No, he does. No, nobody's gonna see Steve Riley's LA guns. They're they're gonna go see LA guns. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's just a fact. Yeah. Yeah, they're not gonna go see Riley's LA guns, no matter how small you write the word Riley's. They're not gonna go see it. It's still gonna have to be billed as Riley's LA guns. And no one's going to that. Uh, let's see here. Both bands look forward to continuing to record and perform their their new music, as well as continuing to include songs from the vintage LA Guns catalog for their fans. Both groups' recordings will continue to appear together on Spotify and other digital streaming services. <laughs> so that's the only break Steve got, was that his music will be listed as la guns and not riley's la guns right so people will stumble across it and potentially hear it that are looking for ballad of jane or whatever well the the best thing that all parties involved could do retire well either retire or just put their differences aside and just you know reconvene Mm -hmm. that's that's the best thing you could do they're not going to do that. Well, again, I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I'm just saying for all involved, it's no different than, you know, Bobby Blotzer going out as rat mm-hmm. 
and then getting sued and then, you know, Steven and taking over and going out with there with Juan and, right. you know, Martini getting sidelined and all this other bullshit. I mean, yeah, again, the, the only way that it's going to work for everybody involved mm-hmm. is just, just put your differences aside and just go, you know what? This is who we are. We we've made our legacy 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to all be profitable, yeah. we, we just need to get along. It's no different than Motley Crue, you know, with, with their relationship with uh, Vince, you know, because again, we all know that uh, when Motley Crue disbanded, what, six years ago or more, whatever, uh, the problem was that uh, Vince and the other guys in Motley Crue they couldn't get along. So they had different tour buses. They had different managers. They all had different dressing rooms, but when they went out on stage to perform, they performed as a band. And then when they, you know, parted ways at the end of the night, they all went their separate ways. Unfortunately, LA guns can't afford to do that. No, of course not. But, but the, but the premise is the same. Mm -hmm. No, it is, but they just can't afford to do it. No, because an LA Guns is only worth five to ten thousand dollars for a show. I find that crazy, but okay. But it's true. I know. I know it's true. It just I can't imagine paying five grand for LA Guns. No way. Well, that's what it is. Well, that's crazy. So if if any of them you know, want to really prosper from this for whatever it is that brings them, whether it's five or 10 grand for a show. Right. They, they just need to just, you know, let bygones be bygones and go, you know, if we're going to both exist in this, this industry or this, you know, whatever mm-hmm. we, we need to just collaborate and go, okay, you know, I hate you. You hate me. I get it. But together, we'll just play, and, you know, at the end of the night, we'll just go our separate ways. Well, I'll tell you this. If I'm a promoter, I'm absolutely using Riley's L.A. guns to fuck over <laughs> the other L.A. guns. But, but what is, what's in it for a promoter? Simple. If a promoter, you could, you could drive the price down. So you go, to, you go to Tracy Phil L.A. guns, and you, and you say, hey, I want you to play my club. They say, well, it's $10,000. They're like, fuck you. I'll call the other LA guns. They'll do it for three. Well, that's the problem that, that these issues cause is because it diminishes their value in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's it. So, and, and what is, what is Tracy guns, LA guns going to do after the pandemic turn down gigs or take the seven grand instead of the 10, right? They're going to take the seven grand. If I was a promoter, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely. I'd be like, look, I offered Riley $2,200. He said he'd come do it. We'll give you four grand. $2,200. I'd be, I'd be like, fuck you. That's what we're doing. Right. I, I would. And then when, the, you know, there's only so many times Tracy and Phil could say, no, we're, we're, our value is this before their value is not that. Right. You know, if, if, if Phil's band starts getting a bunch of gigs. Then they're, you know, that's it. They're fucked. Well, therein lies the problem. And that's why these lawsuits come out is because it diminishes their, sure. you know, their, their value in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say this though. Now, now that it's settled, do you think everybody's going to be quiet? And no, of, of course, course they're not. 
In fact, they're not. Let me just bring you. Oh, you know more? Of course I do. Um, always the loudmouth on social media, stupid ass Tracy Guns, <laughs> has more to fucking say. Of course. And you know, I do not like Tracy. I know you do. I do not. But Tracy Guns has commented on last week's out of court resolution of the legal dispute over the rights to the LA Guns name. Under the terms of the settlement agreement, he and singer Phil Lewis will continue to blah, 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 blah. Speaking to Don Osborne of Total Rock, the guitarist said, we just settled this lawsuit a couple days ago, and I'll, I'll let the press release explain how it's going to work from here on out. But nobody can just be L.A. Guns except me forever. And it worked out. I would have liked to have taken it further, but that motherfucker has no money. So he just has to smash. So, so he's talking about Steve. He's talking about Steve. Yeah. Okay. He just smashing Steve. Uh, all this thing has been for 15 years is a complete waste is a complete negative waste of time and energy. Tracy continued, but I ended up in a position where I could go after the guy and it was right. It was the right thing to do. You can't let people take advantage of you. And that's kind of classic in my life. I'm, I'm really generous with people and I want to see everybody succeed. But if you take advantage of me, man, sometimes I wish there were no laws because some people are so selfish. <laughs> Shut up, little man. What are you going to do? Fucking choke him with a guitar string. Fucking don't make threats, dickhead. I'm taking you to the mattresses, man. What a douche. Go get your vaccine, you fucking queer. <laughs> I fucking don't like Tracy. I like him so much less now that he's a social media fucking beat your chest warrior on social media. He just constantly with the, and boy, I, I can't believe you're still friends with him. The way, boy, he is, he's like the all timer on the Trump bashing. Dude, dude, I don't, I don't follow Tracy. I have no idea what he's talking about. If you did, I, I, I like him as, I like him as a talent. Yeah. I don't like his politics. I, I've made it very clear. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I know that he's a, you know, left wing lunatic. Yeah, he is. I get that. Mm -hmm. And, and again, that doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, he's, he's, you know, he does what he does. Yeah. No, he's well, talented. I'll, I'll agree with you that he's talented, but I, I don't go, Oh man, Tracy's got a point. Uh, I, no. I don't No, He's honestly, I've, I've, I've back when I was active on social media, he was the very first person I ever unfollowed on Twitter. Yeah, I get it. Because he just won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, dude, enough with your stupid fucking politics. Right. So maybe he's not, to be fair, maybe he's not even doing that now. Because like I said, I don't follow him anymore on fucking Twitter. But, you know, I don't follow anybody on Twitter. But but he, um, yeah, he's just a, you're right, he's a lunatic. Yeah. Talented. Like his music. I do. I, I like, you know, I've watched Tracy perform on many occasions. I, I like what he does. I, I enjoy his music. I like, you know, his performance. But as far as his personal politics are concerned, I could give a shit less. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I don't care about it. But 
you know, I, I try not to allow that to affect, you know, what, what his able to do. Well, I'll just say this for in, in my little world, the only thing, the only thing that could come up where I would come into contact with Tracy guns anymore would be an interview and I would pass. <laughs> I would pass. All right. Fair enough. I interviewed Phil last time. You know, when, when they were doing, when they were doing their press run, I interviewed Phil. I don't remember if Tracy was offered or not, but if he was, I wouldn't have asked for it. I would have yeah. said, eh. I interviewed Tracy and I interviewed, um, or Phil and I interviewed, um, Steve. No, Tracy. No, I can't deal with him. No, I, I, I interviewed Phil about a year ago and I think I interviewed, uh, Kelly about a year ago and I interviewed, uh, Steve about a year ago. Well, you know, my history with, with Tracy, and I'm not going to dig all that back up because that's 20, whatever years ago at this point, but well, me, me uh, and that guy just have never gotten on. Well, again, all I can say is that, uh, the times that I've been face to face with Tracy, mm -hmm. he's, he's always been very nice to me. Sure. That's all I can say. Yeah, so was Eddie Trunk right before he threw your shit in the garbage. <laughs> True. <laughs> so all these guys can be phony for a minute. Well, I'm not saying that they're not phony, but I'm just saying that uh, they've always been very kind sure. in their in their approach. I, I mean, they've they've never been real dicky about any anything. Right. And and again, I, I could have different political or social viewpoints than anybody else, mm -hmm. but until they just like want to shove it down your throat. Yeah. That's Tracy. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have an issue with that, but, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not on social media. I don't know what Tracy is posting these days. Right. So, so, uh, you know, again, I don't care. Yeah. I will never be spending any money on Tracy guns anymore. <laughs> I will say that I right. never spent a lot of it anyway, but you know, I only bought the first three records and after that they were all promos. So all right, 15 records. I got 12 of them free. I guess I'm not going to complain. <laughs> no, but all right, let's move on. We got, to, we got time for one more thing. Um, how about this? Uh, Ultimate classic rock, you know how these lists are always fucking ridiculous and dumb, right? Okay. I've got a new list. I want to see if you think it's good or if it's dumb. It is the um the most underrated or overlooked songs from each Guns N' Roses album. So take each album and you pick one song and and they're and they they've picked their song one from each album to say, which is the most underrated song on the album. Okay. All right. Let's play a lot. Let's play our, let's play along our game and you pick what you pick yours. And then I'll tell you if yours matches theirs. Okay. Well, that's interesting because I pulled up the YouTube on my, uh, smart TV today. Yeah. And I was just playing just Guns N' Roses hits. Okay. The the MTV style videos. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had like an infusion of Guns N' Roses today. All right. Well, there you go. So you should be ready for this. So go right ahead. All right. So let's start with Appetite for Destruction. What do you think is the most 
under was what let me get the right word the most overlooked song meaning that it's great but nobody really realizes how great it is from appetite for destruction hmm. well i know what my favorite song is from that so whether it's underrated or not i don't know the answer but i'm just going to give you my personal thoughts okay um rocket queen okay definitely is not a hit wasn't a hit was it no i don't think so i don't think it was it was ever a hit no i don't think it was like a video or anything like that but that's yeah. my favorite song all right um for me i gotta look at the track listing here which is a me i could probably list it but for me it's probably out to get me which is also my favorite song on on the album and i know that was not a hit either right mm -mm. so i go out to get me you go rocket queen they go with and i always love when these lists do this they go with the one song that i really don't like on the album well that's the whole idea that's i'm gonna pick the most obscure thing yeah. that just isn't really that good yeah and, and and the reason that i'm picking it is because it's not that good but, but i'm picking it because i want to be avant-garde yeah so they go with think about you which to me is a total throwaway song what do you think all right i think about you oh, oh, i know it but it's just like okay so again because because it is a throwaway song that's the reason they pick it because because nobody gives a shit about it they write this izzy straddling composition never got the love it deserved not even from the guitarist bandmates i was never a big fan of the song because it was just too lightweight slash told guitar edge in 2007 bingo on the contrary think about you is a raggedy punk rock love song disarmingly sweet without lapsing into saccharin unlike appetite's other far more popular ballad sweet child of mine first of all dummies this is not a ballad let me is this gonna play it How is that a ballad? That's not a ballad. It's not a ballad on any level. <laughs> they called it the other far more popular ballad, Sweet Child of Mine. Like, this is a ballad. Did this fucking dumbbell even listen to the song? Probably not. I hope it wasn't Matt that wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling him out. As That's not a ballad at all. At all. There's nothing balladic, if that's a word, about that song. Let's see here. Stradlin's love for the Stones and Hanoi Rocks were apparently in the song's razor-sharp hooks and economical guitar solo, while the haunting outro arpeggios added a splash of unease to the otherwise upbeat to... Oh, stop with all these words. This is fucking Wordsmith 101. Let me jam in as many of these words as I can. 
that people don't use. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, Stradlin played a huge role in writing Appetite for Destruction, and Think About You shows how crucial he was to the original GNR sound. You ever notice that the uh, musician who either exited early or died or something happened to them with a project, whether it's a band or whatever, they're the ones that everybody keys in on. Like it's always Randy Rhodes with Ozzy Osbourne. Sure. You know, oh, he was a genius. He was this and he was that. And Mm -hmm. it's it's always the guy who had limited uh, contribution that, you know, for whatever reason that they were no longer involved, whether they died or they Mm -hmm. left the band or whatever the case may be. Right. They were the genius. Yeah, they were. You know, it's like Cliff Burton. Mm-hmm. You know, Cliff Burton with Metallica. Oh, the guy died in a, you know, bus accident. So all of a sudden he's now the avant-garde. He's the most genius of the band. Mm-hmm. You ever notice that? Ever notice yeah. how ever, is the person who is no longer present in the current lineup or left the band early or whatever, they're the somehow, some way, they're the most driving force of that right. entity, you know. So, so of course, now, um, you know, Izzy Stradlin, who left the band, you know, just, just upon the uh, release of the Use Your Illusion CDs, mm-hmm. now he's now the mysterious avant-garde he's he was just so influential blah 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 mm-hmm. yeah you know. yeah the only reason those guys get that kind of a claim is because they didn't stick around long enough to do anything shitty exactly that's, that's, the only that's kind of my point it's yeah. just like it's always the guys who somehow exited early no matter what the circumstances are whether it was voluntary or whether they died or something happened to them course that they they're now the icon of that of that band or whatever it is the case may be and it's like that that's just a bunch of bullshit yeah yeah of course i mean randy rhodes would have put out some shitty fucking flamenco guitar record or something he'd have been doing tours with craig chicheco from starship or whatever you know uh cliff burton would have cut his hair and been right there doing, you know, the memory remains with with Metallica, Unforgiven Two, you know, and and Izzy Stratham. What did he do since? Not a goddamn thing. Him and his juju hounds went and sold like three fucking records because no one cared. No one cared. Get fucking Gilby Clark laughs at him. Gilby Clark sold more records than Izzy Stradlin. So get the fuck out of here with Izzy Stradlin. The guy, the guy had some attitude. He was a, he was a stoned out drug addict like the rest of them. And he had some good ideas. Okay. Yeah. yeah, He was, he was a stoner from Lafayette, Indiana. So what? We got it. He wrote some, some fair music, you know, wasn't that great. Think about you certainly wasn't, you know, might be the fastest ballad I've ever heard. That's for sure. But (laughs) you know, all right, moving forward. All right. I already know your answer to this. Um, GNR lies. What about it? What's the, what is the uh, overlooked song? 
the overlooked song. Yeah, the most overlooked song. Well, I mean, obviously the most controversial song is one in a million. Mm-hmm. But overlooked? Boy. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm going to pull it up here. I'm going to look at it. The best song is Patience. But that was also the big hit. Yeah. But but we're looking at overlooked yeah, songs. Yeah, overlooked songs. Okay. All right, Guns and Roses. Let's see here. Um, here we are, Guns and Roses. GNR lies. All right, let me run down the track list here. All right. We've got uh, Reckless Life, mm-hmm. Nice Boys, mm-hmm. Move to the City, Mama Ken, which is obviously Aerosmith cover. Yep. Um, let's see here. Patience, which, you know, you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Used to Love Her, which is a fun song for me. Sure. I think I think everybody who has been married can identify. Sure. And it's the acoustic version. Uh you're crazy and one in a million. Yep. Okay. Overlooked song. Mm-hmm. Let's pick the most obscure thing that didn't get any kind of attention because this is what this is all about. Yeah, uh I'm gonna go with because Nice Boys is a Rose Tattoo song, right? It is. Okay. Now, it's overlooked means that, that it was there, but nobody nobody noticed that it was there. So Nice uh, Boys could potentially be it. I don't know about that. I'm going to go with Overlooked. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to say You're Crazy. You would be wrong, sir. Okay. Um, or you might be right for you, but you're wrong for um, ultimate classic rock. I personally would go with Nice Boys. I think it didn't get nearly enough love for as cool of a song as it is. Yeah, it, it's a cool song, but it's a it's a cover. Yeah, but so but so is their choice. Their choice is Reckless Life. Really? Yeah. Which, which. Not even, the, it's like the worst song. Again, the worst song on the disc. Well, let's play a little bit of that. Right, you want me to play it or you got it? No, I'll play it. Go ahead. You want me to play it? No, I'm playing it. What's really funny about this whole CD, mm-hmm. none of this is live. No, he's did in a studio, threw in a live track. Because, uh, you know, they just threw uh, audience noise behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. I, I, I think I have the uh, CD that uh, where they just do the studio right. track and then they just, without the stu- without the audience. Without, yeah, without the crowd noise. Right. Let's see here if I got that. 
let's see here. Where is it? I thought I had it. I don't think I have it. I, mm. I thought I had it, but, uh, you know, that's just, you know, just the studio track where they throw crowd noise behind it. Can't put a little extra echo on Axel's voice. <laughs> so it sounds like he's in a room. Like in a in a concert facility. Yeah. But yeah, they, they say reckless life. Okay. They say, let's see. After Appetite raced up the charts, Geffen predictably ushered Guns N' Roses back into the studio to record a, a stopgap album between proper LPs. The resulting GNR lies combined four new acoustic tracks with 1986's Hard Rocking Live Like a Suicide EP, which, spoiler, was recorded in Hollywood's Pasha Studios and fleshed out with overdubbed audience applause. Of course. I, I think I have it right here. All right, go ahead. Notice no audience uh, noise, no crowd, no, no. So, so that's the recording without audience noise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there it is. All right. Go ahead. All right. Moving forward, I'm not going to read the rest of this. So we're just going to race through these because this probably won't take that long. Um, use your illusion one. What would you pick for use your illusion one? What is the underrated song or the overlooked overlooked song? Yeah, meaning it could be a great song, but nobody really realized it. All right. Um, let's see here. If you say dust and bones, the show is over. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Perfect crime. I'm gonna say perfect crime. Ugh. Ugh don't like that song at all uh, i don't think we like any of the songs that this stupid article picked i would probably go i would either go with coma or right next door to hell i love both they of course did exactly like they did the first two picked arguably the worst song on the record okay they go with probably the most forgettable song in in Guns N' Roses history. So maybe on that level, they're right. Don't damn me. <laughs> okay. That's just garbage there. Come on. All right. Let's play some. All right. <laughs> All right. Totally unforgettable. 
<laughs> Shitty song. Just a bad song. It's just it's just noise. Yeah. Guns N' Roses sprawling use your illusion double LP is full of Rose's venomous paranoid screeds, but nowhere in the inner workings of this tattered psyche on better display than don't damn me. The song reads as a response to critics who denounced his racist, homophobic tirades on lies one in a million. As Rose proclaimed, so I send this song to the offended. I said what I meant, and it's never pretended, and I've never pretended. Musically, it runs the gamut as Slash's metallic riffs segue into a half-speed pseudo-psychedelic bridge full of trippy multi-track circles. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> is this guy like carrying around a, a source? Yeah, it's like, holy shit. It's like, dude, stop with all these fucking dumb words that tell that build into nothing anybody that would listen to Guns N' Roses will understand. Oh, well, of course, you're you're so uh you know, you're you're so ingrained and so inclined because oh. you use so many words. Yeah, so much smarter than the rest of us. Fuck off. Anyway, let's go to Use Your Illusion 2. What do you got? All right. Uh, let me take a look here. See, these these are hard because there's a lot of songs. Yeah. Let me see here. Yesterday. I'm going to go with So Fine. Really? You like that song? No, I don't like it, but I'm just going to go with Douchebag Picks. Right. <laughs> I would probably say estranged if I was picking. No, estranged was a hit because was that a hit? yeah, it was, a, it was an MTV video and a whole thing. It was like what? nine minutes. I don't remember. All right, well, in that case, then I'll let me revamp my pick. Um, see, I like all the hits on this one. I don't really like any of the other ones. I sort of like Pretty Tied Up. Was that a hit? Yeah, it was a hit. Oh shit! That's Pretty not. tied up. Yeah. I don't like any of these. I'm gonna go with my world. No, fucking garbage. I'm going with none of these because I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to pick the one that no one think would be good song at all. Well, so fine is definitely not a good song. That's what I'm trying to. Pick. <laughs> That's terrible. How can you look so fine? That's why I'm picking that because whoever wrote this article is a douchebag and just like, oh, well, that was a great song. It was just overlooked. Yeah, well, he didn't go with that one. He went with Locomotive. Okay. The aptly titled Funk Rock Epic is one of the most ambitious and rarely played songs in the Guns N' Roses or Overe. O-E-U-V-R-E. -E. I don't even know what that word is. Or I, I know what an hors d'oeuvre is. Okay. Over in the Guns N' Roses, over. Matt Sorum and Duff McKagan's indelible drum and bass groove goes pound for pound against Rocket Queen as the best. While Slash could slice through glass with his naughty riffing and whirlwind solos. Holy shit. <laughs> Does this guy just sit there and look up words and I stuff? I, oh, I'm gonna throw. I'm I'm gonna inject that into my article. This dumbbell's probably some book guy, right? He writes, he writes books, and now he's trying to, you know, put his literary prowess to to on display here. 
All right. You want to play? You want me to play some locomotive? I don't care. I mean, I think we know that song, don't we? All right. Well, I'm going to play it. All right. Give me a little bit. Lots of fucky effect there. Not going to lie, though. They might have got that one right. That is a damn good song. Well, it is. I mean, it's got a lot of good riffs. Mm-hmm. But, but, man, we're we're almost getting into laser wolf territory. Yeah, it is definitely. Intro, yeah. But uh, I'm not digging the vocal at all. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it straightens around eventually. But But it's eight minutes long. Yeah, it's too long. Yeah, here we go. The problem that I have with that, the the vocals are really buried. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what Axel is saying. I mean, That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I would have to look up the lyrics to see what he's actually saying because sure. I have no idea what he's saying there. Right. All right, moving forward. Spaghetti incident. Yeah, just garbage. <laughs> it's a tie with all of them just being crap. It's like, how do you have an overlooked song on a fucking covers album? They're all fucking songs that somebody else did. Yeah. Right, you don't have to play it. They pick human being. I'm not even going to read this shit. Who cares? It's a covers album. And last but not least, Chinese democracy. Oh, wait a minute. You got to play some human being. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We, do we? Yeah, we do. Ugh. We got to give context. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. All different beasts. no idea what he's saying (laughs) that that song stinks it's just like loud yeah the only good one i i i liked on that was i like the song ain't it fun with michael monroe singing on it but 
other than that, I, I don't know. I hated, I remember being thoroughly pissed off, like angry pissed off that, <laughs> that I, I bought spent this, money on this. Yeah. That I, I bought, bought the this. CD because I thought it was a guns and roses disc. Yeah. And instead it was this garbage. Yeah. It's trash. But all right. So the next is Chinese democracy. All right. And I know. Uh, let me see if I can guess this one. You don't even know any of the songs, do you? Oh, well, I know better. No, better. That Make got released me, early. Make me feel. Uh, Remember we had this, like, we had most of the songs, like, four years before. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What is the most underrated Guns N' Roses song from Chinese Democracy? I'm going to guess if the world bad song, but no, you, um, no, that would not be it. They go with, and I'm surprised by this. I thought this was sort of a hit, but there was a time, the twat song. Okay. They went, perhaps Chinese democracy was always doomed to fail. 14 years, 13 million, and a seamlessly endless supply of vitriol toward his ex-bandmates was simply too much baggage for fans to divorce from the music on Axl Rose's Embattled Opus. So so this guy threw in the word divorce? Yes. Divorce. Axl Rose's Embattled Opus. Shut up. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I'm going to play some of this. All right. I like this song, actually. Broken glass and cigarettes Riding on the wall It was a bargain for the summer And I thought I had it all I was the one who gave you everything The one who took the fire I like the I like the lyrics to it. Yeah, but holy shit, is that like buried in that? Yeah, the the recording thirteen million dollars, and they they couldn't get a good mix, which is crazy. But (laughs) you know, I I you know it. it, Chinese democracy is a weird record. I I have to apologize to Mark and John. I kind of like it. I did (laughs) not at first. I didn't the first like the first year that it was out I I just was kind of like eh. and I I picked it up maybe like 3 years ago and started listening to it again and I mean there's some terrible songs on it like Shackler's Revenge is absolutely abysmal and Riyadh and the Bedouins is absolutely terrible too but man there are some good songs on this record well, better well like- again it, it took forever to get that thing out mm-hmm. and you know, Axel's no dummy. Yeah. You know, he, he's a, he's a, you know, uh, you know, he's a smart guy. Sure. 
that uh, has had life experience. Mm-hmm. But man, 13 million, 13 million later this is what we got yeah it definitely was not 13 million but dude just the credits alone of people that performed on it one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve artists performed on it oh wait a minute no sorry 12 13 14 15 16 17 17 17 musicians performed on it. Producers, listen to this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. Oh, wait a minute. Nine, 10, 11, 11 producers, and then assistant engineers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 engineers. 22 engineers. Well, that's why it costs 13 million. No shit. God damn. 13 engineers. No wonder no wonder they couldn't get a sound right. Fucking every other guy had a different idea. Jesus. But yeah, there are some good songs on it if you you go back and listen to it now and you don't judge it against appetite which is what we were all doing you know if you just listen to it as like just some good tunes there was a time is a good tune street of dreams is a good tune better's a good tune chinese democracy eh, it's okay um sorry is actually okay madagascar is really really good probably my favorite on that album um you know those are those are solid songs you know there's some crap on here too you know uh, Riyadh and the Bedouins and Shacklers and Catcher in the Rye isn't very good either, but Prostitutes, not very good. Mixed bag, but still better than fucking Spaghetti Incident. That's for damn sure. Which it should be for $13 million. No shit. (laughs) All right. right. Well, I think we need to get out of here. Yeah, I think so. Uh, since you mentioned Madagascar, mm-hmm. I think we'll end the show with that. All right, cool. So, uh, you know, strangely enough, we're going to end the show with, uh, Guns and Roses, Chinese Democracy. Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to leave you with, uh, Madagascar. Yes. So until next Saturday night, this is Neely along with my very good friend. Chris Egan. And we're gone. Bye, kids. See ya. All right. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? And you know what else is a lot of fun? The CMS Podcast Network. That's right. CMSPN.com is the address. Make sure you go over there. Make sure you watch the episodes there. You listen to the episodes there. And maybe you even just subscribe so it's delivered to your phone to whatever podcasting software you use. But do it from cmspn.com. Once again, cmspn.com, cmspn.com, cmspn.com. We'll see you next time, fucks.